0: pirate talk radio in this podcast i discuss everything sea of thieves from lore to pvp to even what fish you can catch for the hunter's call please sit back relax and join me on this adventure Welcome back to another episode of Pirate Talk Radio. This is episode 32, I believe. I think so. You guys have been absolutely fantastic. I absolutely can't believe that we are 32 episodes in. And I've been watching every time that I upload a new episode and more and more people are tuning in and enjoying the podcast, or at least I hope you're enjoying the podcast. So thank you very much for tuning in, telling your friends about it, Discussing whatever the case may be, and more and more people are tuning in. And I very, very much appreciate that. In fact, uh, quick aside, I was playing um Sea of Thieves, I believe earlier uh this week, last weekend, actually, I think late in the weekend, and I was on a crew, and one of the people on the crew, um, I believe they were from um a country in Europe, uh, said, Your name sound or your 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 voice sounds familiar. And I said, Oh, really? I said, "Yeah, I, I don't know where I've heard it, but I've heard your voice before." I'm like, "Do you listen to podcasts?" And they said, "Yeah." I said, "Do you listen to a podcast called Pirate Talk Radio?" And they said, "Yeah, I do every week." And I said, "Well, I am the host of Pirate Talk Radio," um, and they had a little, uh, a, a little, little fan moment, and it, it's just very humbling to me as as someone who has been in the entertainment business for, jeez, uh, twenty one years now, 21 and a half years now, whatever Jeez, geez, that's a very long time. Um, and more so in content creation in the, in the past couple of years, um, it, I, whenever someone recognizes me or recognizes my voice or in a game or at a convention, it's very humbling to me that there are people out there who, who, you know, watch and listen and enjoy my content and, uh, and, and, and recognize and kind of have a a fan moment, even though, you know, I'm a very small content creator. I appreciate every single person who watches my videos on YouTube or listens to my podcast. And it's just a a surreal moment for me. So thank you, everyone who listens. And and to that individual out there, I really appreciate it. It really made me feel uh, really special uh, having you have that little fan moment there. Um, But anyways, moving on. And before we get into the Sea of Thieves um, business, uh, for those global listeners out there, this weekend is one of two weekends that the United States uh, celebrates their armed forces, either serving or formally served. Um, And this weekend, specifically Monday, um, the 31st, is Memorial Day. So um, it is a national holiday. Um, Most everything is closed in the United States. And it's a day for families, friends, um, and everyone everywhere to um, celebrate uh, and honor those who are serving or have served in our armed forces. Um, And the reason I bring this up is because it's a a big travel weekend, Um, so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people watching YouTube on the road or hopefully carefully uh, or listening to podcasts and such like that. So if you are listening to this, um, I want to say have a safe um, holiday weekend. And if you are in the armed forces or have been in the armed forces or have family members, friends, significant others, whatever the case may be, who have been in the armed forces, thank you. Um, That is a life um, that is a, a job that is a career, um, whatever, however long your term is of sacrifice, both for yourself, your family and your friends. I have many friends, uh, and many family mel- members who have served or, um, are serving in the military. It's a job that I, who I could never do. Um, I am not someone who could take orders and, and be a good soldier or whatever that, that, that may be. Um, but. Our differences in politics, our differences uh, in personal life, religion, whatever the case may be aside, the military uh, men and women of the armed forces are someone that regardless of how we feel on a personal level about things, that is a a group of individuals that I will hold to the highest regard and respect Um, because it's not an easy life to live. It's not an easy career to have. Um, So thank you everyone who has served or is serving, or is a family member, or friend of someone who is serving, or has served, I I understand the sacrifice, and and thank you um, very, very much. So everyone have a safe holiday if you're in the United States. Um, If you're doing a cookout, or or whatever the, the case may be, enjoy the good food. Like I said, have a safe, safe time out there, regardless if you're traveling or not. So If you're not traveling or if you're somewhere with a computer, what can you do in Sea of Thieves? Or what is going on in Sea of Thieves this weekend? Well, we have several things going on um, that kind of popped out of nowhere um, with the server reset, uh, I believe, on Thursday. Um, We have Emporium discounts. So if you've been looking to purchase some weapon skin sets, um, some pirate emotes, some pets, some ship sets... Um, There are discounts throughout the entire Emporium. Um, So if there's things on the Emporium that you're interested in getting, go check out the discounts because, again, when things are on sale, that's when you want to buy them. Um, So the Emporium is having a a Memorial Day weekend sale right now. Um, I don't know if it's calling it that because, well, Rare is an EU company and they're not celebrating Memorial Day, but discounts nonetheless. So if you're uh, looking for something in the Emporium, check it out now. Uh, because it is discounted for the weekend. The other thing that was announced is Gold and Glory Weekend. Now, for folks like me who are traveling this weekend and who thought they had secured their emissary ledgers, might not be the case. Because all weekend, ending on um, Monday, or when the the kickover happens into June 1st, I don't know the official... (coughs) Excuse me. I don't know the official cutoff time, but um, until the 31st, it is Golden Glory weekend. So that means double gold, double rep, all that fun stuff, which means if you thought you were securing your emissary ledger for first place rewards, you might not be so lucky because, again, it's a holiday weekend in the United States. Uh, a lot of people are going to probably have time to play. Uh, and with Golden Glory, They're going to be kicking up those numbers uh, for the Emissary Ledger. The Emissary Ledger, speaking of that, resets on the end of the month. So June 1st um, is the reset for the Emissary Ledger. So um, what I would do is if you're traveling or whatever whatever the case may be, if you want those top rewards, I would be taking a peek today before you go travel or I would take a peek as soon as you can to see where you line up currently in the Emissary Ledger system and see if you're still where you are um, as far as the, the first rank or the second rank or whatever your goal was to get the rewards. I would just make sure you're still there. And more so Sunday, I would also make sure you're still there um, because that's a lot of time for people to push you out of the first, um, of first spot, push you out of the top 25% for the max rewards. And then on Monday is going to be your last day to get that Golden Glory in order to catch up. So uh, take a peek of that. Uh, make sure that you are putting yourself in a position to be in the top twenty-five percent if that was your goal. Um, also, if you haven't completed your season pass yet, uh, renown is also going is affected during Golden Glory, so you get additional renown for the tasks you complete in Sea of Thieves uh, during Golden Glory. So get in there. Uh, and and try to hammer out the rest of your season pass if you're not already renowned rank 100. Okay, so a lot of things going on with Sea of Thieves this weekend. Um, so make sure you get in there. Set sail, unfortunately, I am going to be uh, traveling this weekend, taking a little time uh, to myself, visiting some national parks, um, and and just kind of enjoying things, um, reflecting on on Memorial Day and 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 just you know enjoying some areas nearby um, of of our beautiful country. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Um, but uh, hopefully I, I will have some time to to log in to see if thieves and make sure that I'm still top 25 percent. I I feel like I put in the work to get in a position where I don't think people are going to overtake me. But um, I believe my Athena is is um, it's close. So we'll see what happens. Um, last episode. I went into detail about bugs and exploits, um, and and the episode got a little long from what I thought it was going to be. I, I, I got on some topics like I normally do and uh, talked for a while, and um, we didn't get to the meat and potatoes of what I really wanted to discuss last episode, which is fine. That's why we have weekly episodes, so I can pick up where I left off. And the the main meat and potatoes I wanted to get to was talking about the official Sea of Thieves podcast episode two. Um, I mentioned it last week, and I thought we were going to have time to talk about it. But um, if you haven't watched it yet, I strongly secure, uh, I strongly encourage you to go over to Sea of Thieves YouTube channel um, and and watch it. If you have, uh, after you've listened to this podcast and you had time to to go watch it, I'm going to be talking about it and. Talking about some of the points that they brought up and and my thoughts on them. Um, I was actually very pleased with this episode. The first episode of the podcast, kind of an introduction to the podcast. They talked a little bit about uh, development cycles and seasons and things like that. This one, I felt they got into the probably most divisive and the topic that has it causes the most battle um in the community um and that is the concept of PVP experience versus PVE experience as we all know and if you've ever read the description of Sea of Thieves in Steam or on Xbox it is listed as a PVP versus PVE game so PVPVE game right? You've got both PVE player versus environment and player versus player experience, uh, to say the game, uh, is, is ever going to be in a place where PVP is gone. Um, I think is, is you're, you're fooling yourselves and you're in you're joking, um, because this game, um, was never ever designed to just be a PVE experience. Now there um, has been alliance servers, private, not private servers, but there have been people and community members who have came together to to minimize the risk of PvP to their players. As I, I know, there was a very wonderful uh, gal that I, I played with not too long ago, and, and she does not like PvP in any game. Um, she likes PvE, she likes lore, story, um, and, and she just likes the adventure aspects. So she plays on a lot of Alliance servers, which is absolutely fine. It's something that she enjoys and I'm glad that she likes Sea of Thieves and I'm glad she enjoys the lore and, and I'm glad she has fi- found a community community that allows her uh, to play the game the way, um, that she wants. And one thing she mentioned is I think eventually Rare will do PVE servers just because the majority of players want that. And and I had to disagree with that because I think there's a small percentage on either side of this battle that actually wants PvP only, no PvE. And the other side is PvE only, no PvP. I think those are very small factions because in order to have PvP the way that you want it to be, which is steal someone else's loot, you need to have PvE there has to be a way for those people to get loot, either through forts, Fort of the Damned, Fort of Fortune, regular forts, uh, flame hearts, um, and then obviously you've got the you know Athena missions and things like that. There has to be an aspect of PvE in order to encourage the PvP. Now, on the flip side, on the PvE side, there's no need to have PvP in order to enjoy the game the way you want. However, we are talking about pirate games. We are talking about a game that was based in a, in a very brutal time um, in in human history. And that's the golden age of piracy where um, not only did we have brutal things like slavery and the slave trade going on, um, but we had pirates um, that were trying to take over ships and and free slaves and steal gold. And um, it was just a, a very brutal time um, disease um you know hardships just a rough time um, in the golden age of piracy but a lot of cool things came out of it such as the first major modern day republic the pirate republic where everyone voted or the idea of social justice where pirates attacked ships and freed slaves they didn't take the slaves and go somewhere else and sell them it happened occasionally but in general, um, pirates were people who believed in freedom for everyone and you have the ability to choose what you do with your life, what you do with your time, and what you do with your money and that someone with a crown on top of their head or rich people shouldn't tell you what to do. Um, it was it was kind of the first real major like social justice in the relatively modern time that we started to see. So it was a brutal time so, to take a game that's about pirates and to twist it in a way where it's only PvE and it's no threats out there except for skeletons or, or whatnot, just it doesn't make sense. And like I said, it, I, I feel looking at things, it's very small percentages on either end of the spectrum. Um, but they're very vocal folks, they're very loud on Twitter, on Reddit, whatever they may be. Um, attacking each other, being a toxic to each other um, over the internet because they want the game to be the way they want the game. Right. And, and that's not the way that rare has envisioned this game. It should be a game for everyone. Yeah. You're going to get sunk. Yeah. You're going to sink people. Yeah. You're going to have days where you can sail around and do five thieves haven runs and never be harassed. You're going to have days that no matter where you turn, there's a ship there trying to attack you. That's just how life was for pirates. It was very, very unknown um, back then what each day would bring. So diving into this podcast, I'm glad they kind of they, they talked about this a little bit, but they brought up some major ideas of how they viewed this discussion. They're very aware of this discussion, and they're very aware of the two major factions. But they also understand that the majority of players understand what this game is, and that is a pvp game. You've got both. In order to have the game magic, as they call it, you have to have both. Um, and Mike Chapman, um, I believe, said it best when he said... When we designed this game, the core fundamental foundation of the game was unique player interactions to create long-lasting stories. So I'll say that again. Unique player interactions in order to make long-lasting stories. Okay? So what that means is maybe you'll go out as a solo sloop and you may meet a couple people out there. You form an alliance and you have a great day or evening of sailing around and doing Fort of the Dams and forts and all this fun stuff, and you make some new friends. That is a unique player interaction that created a fun story. Maybe you go out and you get attacked and chased, and you're trying to defend your loot, and you're, you're, you're running against the wind as a sloop against a galleon, and you're dodging and weaving between rocks and you know, Krakens and Megs and Skelly ships and everything else is a, you might not have liked it, but it created a memorable story. And that was the story of your pirate for that day. Maybe you're out there reaping and attacking and they get Krakened or you get Krakened or a, a ghost ship spawns on you with an anchor ball and slows you down and you have to adjust sails and That's an interesting story. It may have been annoying at the time, and you may be cursing at the top of your lungs. I got rared, and that's why they got away, blah, blah, blah. But it was an interesting story. And that's what, at the foundation of this game, they're trying to do. With the emergent events, with having multiple players on on a server, multiple crews on a server, they're trying to give every opportunity for you and your pirate to make a memorable story when they play. That's what it's all about. In fact, I'm part of a community and several members of that community listen to this podcast. Um, and it's the cutthroat community. And one of the things that the cutthroat community has is we've got lore hounds. And those are folks that we read the books and we, we read all the Umbra journals and we try to find Duke and we try to put together the skeletal runes and speculate about Flameheart jr and senior and wanda and stitcher jim and all this stuff but part of that is also you designing and writing a story about your pirate who is your pirate where did they come from what is their their goals in their life where you know who is their family do they know who their family is and writing and being creative about your pirate Is that something that Sea of Thieves requires? No. Is that something that when you log in, everyone has to have a story about their pirate and their pirate has to have a name aside from their gamer tag? No. That is a community-driven thing in order to just allow people to express themselves through a video game. I have a book in my my little cubby here. It's a leather-bound book that I've started to write a decent chunk what will eventually be a book about my pirate. Everything about his upbringing and his family to what he's doing now to adventures he's had, like a, a pirate log of his adventures. That's not something the game requires or something that the game tells you you should do. It's, it's a community-driven thing because I love this game so much. And that is, that is the foundation of, of Sea of Thieves is is creating those interesting interactions which will allow you to have a memory of a story or or an event that happened in a game that you will remember for a long time, right? Maybe it was frustrating at the time, but when you look back, you'll always remember that, right? <clears throat> so that's what we have to keep in mind when we're talking about where the developers are going. Um... Another thing Mike brought up, which I thought was really interesting, was when they were designing this game and, you know, they came up with the skeletons, the krakens, the megs, the the skelly ships, whatever, these emergent events, right? The idea of having multiple ships on a server was not only were these skelly ships and krakens and megs emergent events, but running into another player was supposed to feel like an emergent event. You're sailing along and all of a sudden you turn a corner and right there's a galleon, right? That's supposed to feel like an emergent event and it's always supposed to feel just like skeletons and krakens. Players are supposed to feel like a threat on the seas. Just like any of the events that spawn on you or, or something like that. They want a player to also feel like that threat. Now, will they be that threat? Maybe not. Maybe they'll want to alliance, and go to a fort together. But maybe you've just kicked off one of the most epic battles of all times on the Sea of Thieves. The, the idea, though, is that these players on the seas, the six potential crews on the seas, are just like skeletons, krakens, and megs. They are emergent events. And that's how you kind of have to approach your mindset especially those folks out there who are very PvE-oriented and don't want any sort of combat whatsoever. Yes, those are other players. Yes, those are other people. Sometimes they can be awful human beings and very toxic and, and just really hurt your experience. But at the end of the day, another player's ship should be viewed just like a skeletal ship, just like a, a Flameheart, just like a Megalodon. They're an emergent event and something that you have to handle, whether it's run away from it or avoid it or whether it's fight it. Okay. So that, that's, that's a great mindset. And one that I didn't think about until Mike Chapman brought it up. Um, and he said, it's a pirate game after all, right? We're out there to steal loot and, and sell it. That, that is at the end of the day, what this game is. It is a pirate game. So if you are one of those people hanging on to them massively changing the game to either remove pve or remove pvp it's a it's a pipe dream it's not going to happen it is not going to happen they have not designed this game from the foundation to ever limit it to one type or another it is always going to have pve and it's always going to have um, pvp now one thing that was also asked by the community during this was, is there any thought process of expanding how many ships are on a server? And I've heard this question a lot and, and a lot of people are like, oh man, it would be so cool to have more ships on the server, more opportunity for player interaction. And I believe Mike Chapman, again, summed this up very, very well. Um, and one of the developers that have been, has, has been a lead designer of the game since the beginning talked about it on a technical and and design decision and they said no they don't have any interest because they tested it before the game was released they tested having 8 10 15 ships on a server to see how the game played and it was a miserable experience obviously you've got to talk about the server stability issues but it was a miserable experience because No matter where you went and where you looked, there was an enemy ship. And for PVP hunters, that sounds amazing. But that's not how it was back in the age of piracy. And that's not how it should be. You know, being able to set sail and looking out on the horizon, seeing nothing is great. Because then when you finally do come across a player ship, it's one of those, oh, there's a player ship. What are they going to do? Are they friend or foe? And it creates that thought process, right? And again, for those people who server hop and for those people who are just out there to sink ships and steal loot, having more ships out there for you to sink and steal loot from is great. But that, again, is not the core fundamental idea of this game. The game is meant to give you a video game style representation of the Age of Piracy. And in the age of piracy, you could go days without seeing another ship. You could go weeks without seeing another ship. It's just how it is unless you went to port. If you're out sailing, trying to hunt down ships, it could be days, weeks, months before you saw a ship. That's just how it was. And I think they do an okay job at that. So Mike said, until the day comes that they expand the world and add new regions they have no interest in adding, adding more ships. So if that's if that's something you're banking for and looking for, it's not coming. Now, they did also speak that they do at times, and they did just recently for, I think, six months, reduce the ships from six to five, and that was just to help with server performance. Um, They felt that they got that resolved. I don't necessarily know if I agree with that, but we're back to six ships now, um, potential per server. Um... The other few topics that they, they discussed were some, some more specific items, namely directed towards suggestions from the community, suggestions from the PvP community. Um, and that is, um, one of them is, uh, when ships get sunk, they can come back. And then they get sunk, and they can come back. And come back and come back, and come back, and come back, and come back, and come back endlessly. And this gets very frustrating and very annoying if you're trying to complete something. And I'm going to give you an example. My example is, um, I was working um, a couple weekends ago on finishing my gold curse. so Doing tall tales. Wasn't out there for loot. Didn't care about loot. I wanted to finish up my tall tales and get my gold curse. And there was a sloop. Who came across my galleon crew, and we were working on killing Briggsy. And let's be honest, they weren't the greatest PvP players in the world. Uh, they got the jump on us because all of us were just doing Briggsy, and our ship we look and is on fire. We all rush back to the ship. We put the fire out and we sink them. They didn't even put a single hole in us. And lo and behold, they had about 200K worth of loot on their boat and about five flags. I don't count those into the gold. That's just telling you how much money that they had. And that was great. It was fun. And we expected them to come back. It took us two hours to kill Briggsie because this sloop came back five times. And we sunk them five times. And in those five battles, there was a lot of running and a lot of chasing around the entire world. Because every time we would chase them out of the area and turn back for Briggsy, they would just turn right around and come back to harass. In those five battles, this sloop manages to put one tier one hole in our ship. So that kind of tells you the skill level, right? Uh, A galleon is a big target. And to only put one tier, one hole in their ship, that's pretty bad. So in the podcast, the Sea of Thieves Epistle podcast, they said they are looking at options in order to stop crews from endlessly coming back. Now, they didn't mention it that, you know, the the idea is maybe a merge, um or something like that to put them on a different server, whatever the case may be. I don't think once you sync, you should immediately merge to another server. I believe that everyone has the the opportunity to come back and try to get their loot back. I feel that that is just, it's fair. You should be able to come back and attempt to get your loot back. But you shouldn't um, be able to endlessly come back and just harass the other crew Sure, you may be working on your your PvP skills or, or whatever the case may be, but you shouldn't be able to keep coming back and harassing the same crew over and over and over again. It just gets annoying after a while. Just stop. Just move on. Move on with your life. So they are looking um, at options in order to, to take care of that. I don't know what it is. They didn't really um, go into details about it, but they are looking at options um, to make sure that a ship has the opportunity to come back and and try to get their loot back, but at the same time isn't able to come back endlessly and just annoy the shit out of you like some fly buzzing around you on a hot, muggy day in the summer. So I'm excited to see where they go with that. I'm sure it's not something that we're going to see anytime soon, um, but knowing that that they're listening to the community and, and they are aware that this is something that is a problem uh, in the community that, that to me says a lot. Um, and I'm glad they're, they're looking into it. <clears throat> the next topic they, they discussed was private servers. Now I know when they first announced private servers, that a lot of the folks who wanted PVE servers, a lot of the folks who do Alliance stuff, they were excited about it. Why? Because this was an opportunity for them to have their own server and add the opportunity to play the game without threat of other players. Rare squashed that very quickly in this podcast. And they said that their private servers will never have a progression system built into them. So if you want to get on there and you want to experience you know, playing games with your friends, you want to create cool events like some of the streamers have like double crossbones and the boomer games and the skull ball. If you want to go and experience fun things like that without having to worry about being harassed or without having to take a long amount of time in order to um, spike that server, or you're doing a charity event or something like that, the private servers are going to be great for you. But if you're looking to just skip out on, half of the game which is the pvp aspect of the game or the player interaction part of the game which could be threat could be friend or foe rare squashed that very quickly and said no there we are not going to do private servers that have progression in them so if that's something again that you're hanging on to it's a pipe dream it's not going to happen they have been very adamant about that that if you want to play sea of thieves you are going to have to deal with other players either friend or foe, because player interaction, interesting player interaction, is what this game's all about. So again, if you are one of those folks out there that are banking on maybe we can buy a private server or whatever and progress through um, all the different uh, accommodations and do our digs and, and do our forts without being attacked or whatever, it's just not going to happen. There is always going to be a PvP aspect to the game. Now, where the PvP aspect of the game has been minimized are these large alliance servers. And many of these large alliance servers are partnered um, Discord servers with Rare and with Sea of Thieves. One of the, the larger ones in the world that a lot of people play on and I have friends that play on it and I've occasionally played with friends on there as well, is a server called the Athena's Vanguard. Um, and it's, it's a very large community of folks who get together and, and play together and, and minimize PvP as much as possible by making sure that all the ships are in the Alliance and, are, are, and they have very strict rules about things, and that's fine. But this is the first time that Rare has really talked about Alliance servers and their feelings on them, from what I understand. And Rare said, we're watching it. We're watching it very closely. We're watching these Alliance servers because we feel that the Alliance server, though, is an interesting adaptation of our game, and it's an interesting way to take the, the what we've provided you and build your own player experience, there is something to say about it is, in fact, manipulating how the game is supposed to work, right? Especially when you're talking about systems like the Emissary Ledger, where players who are out there on the seas by themselves are sh- trying to get to the top 25% for their, their um, rewards, and they've got the emergent threat of other players. On Alliance servers, all that money is is going into everyone's pocket, at least a percentage of it. You know, if you're running Reaper's Bones and another ship has Reaper's Bones, you know, you get a a cut of that um, with the emissary system, you know, and, and, and things like that. It manipulates the system, and it means that if you are on that Alliance server, you have a competitive advantage against other players who are playing the game without the Alliance server. Now, of course, those players could join the Alliance server, but, you know, maybe they don't want to. They want to play normally. So Rare is keeping a very close eye on these Alliance servers and how they're impacting the emissary ledger system, how they're impacting the accommodation system. These emissaries or these Alliance servers will do meg fleets, where for an entire weekend, they will have a server or multiple servers that they've spiked and have, and they'll just sit there and hunt megs, which significantly skews numbers, gets your accommodations done, potentially gets you more shrouded ghosts, um, or they'll do a whole weekend of Athena stuff. And again, that impacts the ledger system and things like that. It, it impacts the game and gives those folks who are playing in a non-PVP I won't say non-PvP because people get in those servers all the time and disrupt them and attack them, and it minimizes the PvP place. But it really manipulates um, the system that Rare has built. <clears throat> now, I'm not sitting here that saying that alliance servers are wrong or our alliance servers are bad, and if you play on them, you're wrong. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that Rare is watching the system, and if if Alliance servers continue the way they're going and continue to get bigger and more popular, there is probably a good chance that Rare is going to take some sort of action on their server side, on their backend, to prevent it, to prevent you from spiking servers, to prevent you from getting these whole Alliance servers put together quickly and easily. Um, and yeah, that will probably hurt or destroy many Sea if Thieves communities out there based around Alliance servers. But at the end of the day, Rare wants you to enjoy their game, but they don't want you to find loopholes and ways to manipulate the game for your own advantage, right? They want everyone to be on an even playing field. It's not a pay-to-win game. And yes, there are Alliance servers out there, uh, and if anyone from Rare is listening to this, you may want to take a look at this, There are alliance servers out there that have an ability through Patreon or or through whatever for members of their Discord to pay whoever to pay this fund in order to get priority into the queue or priority to get to a ship on the server. Now, to me, that sounds like a TOS violation uh, because you don't own the servers. You don't maintain the servers. You're just utilizing players not want to be in PvP to take money from them. Um, but you don't actually buy or maintain or support any of those servers. So it seems to me like there could be some sort of TOS or or EULA violation there, and and Rare may want to take a look at that. I can say that. The, the, the large server Athena's Vanguard, they are not one of those Alliance servers who, do, who does that. But there are several out there who do take money from people in their community uh, in order to give those folks priority access into their created queue in order to get on the server over other people. And it just seems like mm, you're using Rare's game to make your own sort of money. But they're keeping an eye on this. And if they feel that Alliance servers get to a point, and again, we don't know the numbers, how many players are actually playing on Alliance servers or how many hours players are playing on Alliance servers versus playing on normal. We don't know. Rare does. They know that. They know they can see Alliance fleets and stuff like that. They've got all the numbers. They know. We don't. Um, But they're keeping an eye on it. And they said that if it gets to a point where they don't feel comfortable with the amount of alliance servers out there, they will take action on it, um, and they are going to to do something about it. So, if you're out there and you play on a lot of alliance servers, just be just be aware that Rare is aware of how you are playing the game. Uh, they're not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong. It is definitely a, a way to play the game. It's it's something that Rare has in their system right now, and they've not said it's wrong or banned or anything like that. Um, so. By all means keep playing the game the way you want to play the game however, just know that rare is watching and if they get if if alliance servers get out of hand and there's too many players playing on that and manipulating the system they are going to take action on it um and and shut shut down the way of of doing alliance servers and I'm sure there will be another way to manipulate you know and spike fleets and things like that but Anyways, um, I found that very interesting um, and kind of the first time that that uh, they've really, from what I've seen, talked about that. Um, and again, it all goes back to that very first thing that I talked about with Mike Chapman saying that the idea and the foundation of this game is to create interesting player interactions in order to build your story and players should be considered emergent threats on the seas. Alliance servers get rid of that. So Alliance servers put a crack slash remove bricks from the foundation of the game. And Rare will be watching because if too many of those bricks crack and too many of those bricks are removed from their foundational vision of how this game works, they're gonna have to get down there with some concrete and some new bricks, and shut it down, and shut it down, so they can get the game back to where it was supposed to be. There was no discussion about historical weapon accuracy on this, aka hit reg. If you haven't been paying attention to the past couple episodes, there wasn't any discussion of that. Um, but uh, we we obviously know it's it's something that um, that is an issue. Um, the other interesting topic that Joe Neat actually talked about was. The Shrouded Ghost. Now, I've seen a couple interesting Twitter videos of people who've gotten the Shrouded Ghost over the past month, and it's always a great experience um, to watch the excitement in folks' eyes and their voice Um, because the Shrouded Ghost is very rare. It is extremely rare. Um, Now, we don't know how rare it is. Um, In fact, they kind of giggled at this. Was many people have quote unquote data mined the game and have released the numbers of the rarity of the shrouded ghost? And Joe Neat and the lead designer, Mike Chapman, have seen these numbers and their response was, Oh, that's interesting. It's wrong, but it's interesting. Um, because again, most of the code is, 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 is server level, right? It's server level. It's You don't have access to it. And they know what the percent chance of a shrouded ghost spawning is. And they've quite simply said that people who have claimed to data mine that percentage uh, are wrong and they don't know it. And Joe very clearly said the shrouded ghost is extremely rare. And going up to this podcast episode, the, the second episode of the official CFDs podcast, He took a peek at a day on all servers. How many times did the shrouded ghost spawn on a player ship? Not how many times was it killed. How many times did it spawn on a player ship across all Sea of Thieves servers in a 24-hour period? And his exact response, his exact factual information that he provided was, in one full day of play, there were, and I quote, very low amounts of which the shrouded ghost spawned. And one of the other panelists said, is it more than one? And Joe said, yes. In a complete day of Sea of Thieves on all servers, there was more than one shrouded ghost that spawned. And the same panelist said, was it more than two? And Joe laughed, and though he never answered, he laughed and said, there were very low amounts of shrouded ghosts that spawned in that 24-hour period. So, (coughs) assume what you will, take his laughter and tone how you will, Joe Neat said in a 24-hour period, there was more than one shrouded ghost which spawned um, across all Sea of Thieves servers, but he wouldn't confirm if there was more than two. At the end of the day, I do enjoy watching all the videos of people who've got their shrouded ghosts. And if you are one of those folks out there who have got the shrouded ghost, congratulations, you are one of the few. Um, and if you've got multiple sh- shrouded ghosts, well, I hate you. Um, because I've still yet to get one in all my time to play, I, I'm sure it will come eventually. It's it's not something that you know I'm joining meg fleets to find or I, I, I'm I'm trying to manipulate the system in any way. I like the organic storyline of Sea of Thieves, and if if I'm meant to get that commendation someday, then I'm meant to get that commendation. If I don't, then I don't. Um, it's just it it's it's how the life of my pirate is. He takes what comes at him and he tries to adjust to it. So if he gets the Shrouded Ghost one day, that's great. If not, well, that's just how it goes. Uh, but it was a very interesting Sea of Thieves uh, podcast. I, I thought, I, I give them kudos for diving into probably one of the hardest topics in the Sea of Thieves community to discuss, because um, there are two very loud factions that we discussed on, on either side, the PvE faction and the PvP faction. They're very loud. Um, they can be very toxic towards each other. Um, it's usually not a fun discussion to have with anyone, but in general, I feel that the majority of Sea of Thieves players fall in the middle where they understand what the game is. It's PVP VE. And that is the majority of players. And I, and I think that that is absolutely fine. And I enjoyed the fact that regardless of how loud the two polar ends of the arguments are, that Sea of Thieves is staying true to to who they are and what game they built. They built this game for interesting player interactions to create stories where players are emergent threats. And I really hope that they continue that idea and keep that foundation. And the two polar sides are just going to have to deal with it or find another game. and And that's absolutely fine, in my opinion. Um, you've had lots of opportunities with all the bugs and with all the exploits and all the Sea of Thieves server issues, people have had the opportunity to bounce from the game and we've seen many people bounce from the game. We've talked about the player statistics many, many times on the show. We'll talk about it many, many more times on the show and why the development choices of the, the, the Sea of Thieves team causes a lot of this, uh, a lot of these folks to leave, but there are still people playing. And there are still people playing many, many hours every single day that are on those polar ends of the spectrum. Um, So if you're continuing to play the game, you're obviously just bitching about something. um, And you're still playing the game. Why? Because you love the game. Embrace the foundation and what the game is. Embrace it. If you don't like PvP, well, then just get sunk. That's just how it goes. That's just how it goes. Or get better. Or get better. Or get better. Um. Anyways, that I think does it for today. Um, Keep in mind the season two um, is rapidly approaching its end. The emissary ledger system is rapidly approaching its end, and we'll see what the reset shows. Um, And obviously season three is is coming up on the horizon. Um, And that is the first season that the Rare team has promised us that we will start to see notable changes to the season system based on community feedback. So as we get closer to season three, um, and as we get closer um, to the last half of this um, year, I'm anxious to see what they're going to do. Um, I would like to see a new Tall Tale. Uh, We haven't had a Tall Tale since Heart of Fire, and I would like to see a new Tall Tale. I would like to see this Flameheart story come to an end. Um, you know, the, we've, we've had Flameheart in the sky for quite a long time and we don't currently have a resolution. I feel like that should be in a tall tale. We've got Duke out there talking about legends and we've got Duke out there talking about mermaids. I would like to see mermaids play a more integral role in Sea of Thieves aside from trolling you when you're trying to get back to your ship. I would like to see them in the game in some way, shape, or form, maybe hostile, maybe friendly, but doing something more than just returning me to my ship or popping at an unopportune time and giving away that I'm trying to board another ship. Um, I would like to see mermaids play a a, a greater role in this. Um, I would like to find out what happened to Stitcher Jim. Where is he at? Wanda, Flameheart Jr. We've got all these little tidbits of lore that have been tweeted Um, And things like that from mysterious documents to skeletal runes out there. And I want to see where some of these stories are going and what some of these stories are doing. I would like to see it. Um, So I'm hoping in season three and season four, we start to see some of this stuff. Season one and season two were a lot of lore teasers and speculations. And I would like to see some of that start to come to fruition in season three and season four. And I would like to see them increase the difficulty of the season past. Um, season one, I thought was too quick and season two was even faster. I, I feel like it's just ridiculously fast when a casual player, and I won't say that I'm a casual player. Um, I would say I'm an average player um, as far as time spent on the game. I, I spend a lot more time on World of Warcraft uh, uh, working on their seasonal stuff because it's hard and takes a lot more time. Um, but I was able to get the season pass done in the first month. Um, and it's, it's really an easy season pass season two pass. Now the last time I did about two months, I, I, I played about the same, but it it took me longer. So I felt like season one went longer than season two and season two was just a joke. Uh, and the other thing I would like to see, they really need to step up the rewards you're getting out of the plunder pass. I honestly don't see the value in buying it. Um, and in fact, if season three has the same value as season two or season one, I probably won't buy it. Um, you know, I, I really feel like the season pass, if you're spending $10 on the plunder pass, then you should be getting $10 worth of value that other people aren't getting. And I'm just not seeing it. Yes, they've got a lot of Emporium stuff in there, but what about players who own all that Emporium stuff? What is their, um what is what is calling them to buy that plunder pass and more so a lot of that plunder pass stuff is going to be going on the the markets eventually locked behind accommodations so why even buy it to get it early doesn't feel as good doesn't feel like the money is is worth it so i hope in season 3 as we approach that and i hope also in season 4 that rare starts to really look at the value that they're providing in the past and also starts to answer some of these very big lore storylines. So we can move on to the next thing. We still don't know what's being built at the outpost. We haven't heard about the Grand Maritime Union uh, for quite some time. We've got Crazy Duke and his mermaids, and we've got Flameheart still shit-talking us in the sky. So a lot of lore things, I feel like, uh, need to be answered. And I don't want them all answered at once. I want them spread apart. But we've had a half a year of teasing. Now I want some answers. So guys, thank you very much again. Stay safe. If you are celebrating or traveling uh, this Memorial Day weekend in the United States, anyone out there from the United States or around the world who serves in the armed forces, either now or has served in the past, or you have family members or friends who have served or are serving. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your service. Guys, take care of yourselves and each other. Enjoy Golden Glory weekend, the Emporium discounts and get those ledgers and season passes done. We will see you next week. Take care of yourselves and each other. This has been Pirate Talk Radio. I am Davram. Have a great weekend.